you know, what can we expect? Aha, the mystery recording is happening. Alrighty. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give a little introduction for the recording here. This is uh, uh, School for Course Miracles, and today we're reviewing lessons 123 and 124, which are part of lesson 142, which is a review lesson. And that review lesson has the, the overarching uh, theme that's throughout this whole review process of review four, which is my mind holds only what I think with God. And that's, that's actually, we should uh, start there and explore that a little bit because uh, that idea I think is really potent because it, it reminds us that the resistance that we have and the thoughts that um, are not sh shared throughout the sonship uh, in truth are, are just, little blips on the radar, all the things that we make big deals about, uh, which kind of ties into to, to Sally's, um, or, or excuse me, to Jane's comment um, that uh, I was in another class with a lady named Sally earlier today. <laughs> and and uh, that there's basically um, that awareness that, you know, we, we really can afford to be grateful um, moment to moment to moment when we just notice that that the thoughts that we have that are, are, are isolated separate thoughts um, really have had no impact on our eternal, our eternal being. And, um, you know, and that's really, we can afford to be grateful for that. They're, they're, we really haven't messed up creation. We haven't damaged our, our place in, in heaven, so to speak. You know, and we don't even know what that is. And it's just it's a metaphor placeholder word, but that, that truly shared awareness that transcends anything we could possibly imagine in this world. And yet we somehow know that on some deep level. And we know that in truth, that has never been compromised and never can be compromised. And we can afford to relax. We can afford to be grateful that, that uh, you know, we, we haven't blown up perfect oneness. We haven't thrown God under the bus. <laughs> and and uh, despite all the, the evidence to the contrary in the world that seems to be amassing, at, you know, or, or shifting or, or constantly vying for our attention to try to convince us otherwise, there really is, um, as the Beatles said, nothing to get hung about. Yeah. But, um, but when we're, when we're in the, the, the state of mind where things seem to be hanging us up, um, there's always that place in the mind we can go back to when we're ready to. And we can afford to be patient and gentle with ourselves when that, that doesn't seem um, <laughs> readily available sometimes, right? Anyway, um, I thought it might be helpful to read some of Ken's commentary on, on the review too, because I was, I was skipping through that. If anybody hasn't already availed themselves through of the, uh, the, the journey through the uh, manual workbook and text, and kind of flickering there. Um, these are really wonderful uh, resources here. Um, so I'm just going to read a little bit of what, what he talks about in the, the review four here. Flipped back past it. <laughs> I'll go to it again. Uh, there were a couple of things that jumped out at me. I, I remember highlighting this very heavily a few years ago. Um, one of the things that he does at the beginning of, the, of his commentary on review four, he, he gives a really terse, I think, um, succinct definition of the ego. And but basically what our work, is, you know, that it's cut out for us is to, to let go of that insane thought system. And he says, um, if you happen to have a copy of it, it's, this is uh, um, volume four and it's on page 181 in the journey through the workbook. 
And he says, the ego, the son's desire for his separate self, developed a plan to ensure that the son of God would never change his wrong decision, knowing full well that if he chose against his individuality, it would disappear. Thus, the ego carried out its brilliantly conceived strategy to have the son become mindless, for how can he change a mind he does not know he has? <laughs> or my favorite paraphrase of, uh, Dorothy to the scarecrow, what would you do with a mind if you had one? <laughs> okay. This strategy has two tiers of defenses. The first is the ego's myth of sin, guilt, and fear, which establishes that the separation really did happen. Sin, because the Son of God had to kill his father in order to acquire his individual existence, guilt over his perceived actions, and fear of the wrathful retribution of a God who rises from the grave to pursue him. The son's mind becomes a battleground on which, if he remains, he will certainly be destroyed. This first tier of defense, therefore, is the thought system of sin and death, which gives rise to the second tier, the world and body. The purpose of the world, and specifically the body, as the source of pleasure or pain, is to guarantee that the son remains firmly identified with his body. He thus forgets he has a mind, ensuring the ego's survival. In an insane nutshell, that is the ego thought system. <laughs> I like how he puts it, an insane nutshell. <laughs> so it's, it's, we're, all, we're all a bit nutty when we buy into that. And those are the thoughts that we don't think with God, you know, and those are the, the, the thoughts that are often our own little, own little theaters of our mind. It's kind of almost like in each little water droplet of the ocean that we think we've somehow cordoned off from the rest of the ocean is like a little movie theater and we've got this little dream drama running and the little projector in our mind making up all our separate thoughts and all our separate issues and all our big deals and, and grievances and, and sub sub micro grievances and, and all the stuff that, you know, has become such, you know, daytime drama <laughs> stories we tell ourselves and then, and we share with everyone else too, usually to, to, to get, you know, uh, well, pity or whatever. And, and uh, you know, all, all that stuff becomes, becomes silly when we catch ourselves and say, wait a minute, I don't have to go there. I don't have to believe that I pulled off this impossible crime and, and beat God to the punch and punish myself for the crime that, that I couldn't have possibly committed in truth. And then when we remember that, then we realize that uh, everyone else is in the same boat and that we can afford to be very patient and compassionate. Sometimes I think the guilt in that belief is so strong, though, that um, if we don't ask the Holy Spirit for help to, to um, you know, look at that belief. That Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It, it, can, it can run us on an unconscious level that, you know, we just don't, we can't access. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, and to, to Jane's point that, you know, there's, you know, we really do need to ask Holy Spirit for all the guidance every step of the way. And I think that's why, you know, each of the three volumes in the course pretty much end with, okay, uh, now, now we're done with the course. Uh, you're in Holy Spirit's hands. <laughs> and, and if that doesn't seem like it's fully taken, you know, hit the reset button and go back until it's, until the, the tractor beam in the mind is locked on to the Holy Spirit, you know, and we've got it, got it solidly locked in. I was also thinking earlier today, we we're talking about uh, GPS technology and, and I, if I've shared this before, bear with me, because I, but I think it's kind of a cool metaphor is that the technology that makes the GPS in your phone or your car work actually uses a signal that is a repeating signal 
um, that happens many, many times, you know, millions of times per second, the same pattern is repeated over and over again. And that pattern is, if you were to look at that signal on an oscilloscope, you know, an electronic gadget to measure, the, you know, the signal coming through a, a radio receiver, um, it's, the signal is actually quieter by a couple orders of magnitude, I think, than the noise. So if you looked at the signal, you'd just see a bunch of noise there. And that's kind of like the, the thoughts that we don't hold with God. But when we, um, you know, lock onto the GPS, we lock onto the Holy Spirit, it's like, oh, now I have my way home and I don't have to, you know, you know sweat the directions because I've got guidance every, every turn, every step of the way. But, it, but the signal that we lock onto compared to the ego's, ego's raucous shrieks, you know, which are pretty, pretty damn noisy at times. <laughs> and, you know, as evidenced by the resistance that we seem to have, um, you know, is, is much quieter. But once we start locking onto it, we can, we can tune into that in a split second. If we, you know, continue to train our minds to just notice, oh yeah, I can see peace inside this. I can see peace inside of this. And it's that repetition of that practice of, I'm not upset for the reason I think. I'm not upset for the reason I think. I could see peace inside of this. And pretty soon it's like, Oh yeah, and and we might actually go for a stretch where we're we're you know fighting it and feeling uh, you know lack of peace for a considerable amount of time. But I think if you know, look, you know, tell tell me if you haven't ex experienced this. Even while while you're doing it, there's an awareness, there's an identity that says I'm watching this choice, I'm watching this decision without condemnation. And I think that's the Holy Spirit in our mind saying. Let's just watch this together until you're ready to let go of that belligerent, I, I'm going to, you know, make the dream work, damn it, by myself, uh, <laughs> insistence. <laughs> and, and just notice that, you know, at, at some point we get tired of that because it doesn't work. It's just, it's very ineffective. Or as Ken says, it's a maladaptive solution to a non-existent problem. So if we just kind of watch that and see, see where it takes us, it's like, you know, that didn't get me where I wanted to go. So I can afford, I can see peace instead of this. So let's see. Um, there were some other things in his commentary on review four that I thought were really good. Um, I'm going to skip over to page 183 and uh, journey through the workbook. And uh, this, he's talking about the, the third sentence in the third, uh, in the third, third paragraph. And he says, the, uh, the perp, this is uh, from the, review itself is the purpose is to show you something else and hold correction off through self deceptions made to take its place. Well, of course the, the something else is, is, you know, the ego's defenses. So Ken's commentary, I thought is really good here. It says the purpose of defenses, bodily experiences of pleasure or pain is to demonstrate that our problems and solutions exist outside us as do happiness, spirituality and disease. That's kind of interesting. Thus they show us the quote, something else, unquote, Remember the ego's fear is that at some point we would realize our mistake and choose the atonement. Don't go there. Don't pull back that curtain, Toto. <laughs> the double-tiered defense, therefore, has as its purpose to prevent our ever choosing the correction. And that's the double shield of oblivion again. That's the, let's, let's make it about the world. Let's make it about somebody else doing it to me. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm this, this uh, miserable separate self that threw God into the bus, but it's not my fault because someone else made me do it. You know, tip of the hat to Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. The double tier defense therefore has its, has its purpose to prevent our ever choosing the correction. 
the correction being going past those that double shield of oblivion noticing it's not about the other person it's not about a whole bunch of people it's always about um what's going on in my mind and the holy spirit like like you're saying jane is is required at every step of the way to get to that place in the mind and uh in order to get past the second shield of oblivion that the ego throws up we have to be willing to listen to that counsel and that general guidance that says oh yeah i'm not upset for the reason i think and i could see peace because nothing happened um a few years ago uh, uh tom carpenter gave a, a talk in uh, southern oregon and he described this process where whereby he 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 was in, in his mind having this dialogue with holy spirit and he and he was basically going on this long list of diatribe, this, this long list of all the things that he felt horrible about. And then he kind of waited for Holy Spirit's response. And it was just silent. It's like, <laughs> in other words, nothing happened. All the things that we feel horrible about, or even just, you know, slightly, um, you know, less than or, or whatever, anything that's, you know, a comparative uh, a judgment or a, uh, any condemnation of any sort of ourself or anyone else wasn't even a blip on the cosmic radar. Nothing happened. And if nothing happened, then um, why not move on <laughs> to what's behind that, that, that double shield? So, so let's see, he continues. Um, the double the double tiered event defense therefore has as its purpose to prevent our ever choosing the correction rooting our attention to the mindless these quote something else effectively keeps us from returning to the mindfulness that is our right-minded goal in the following passage jesus urges us to re recognize the power of our minds as he exposes the ego's strategy of depreciating it your thinking has done this accepted the ego's lies in brackets because of its power but your thinking can also save you from this because its power is not of your making. Your ability to direct your thinking as you choose is part of its power. If you do not believe you can do this, you have denied the power of your thought and thus rendered it powerless in your belief. And there's so many places where, uh, the one that really stands out for me that where, where Jesus says in the course, you know, if I, if I were to step in and do stuff for you, uh, I would be, you know, violating the most important principle there is, uh, the important law, the law of cause and effect, meaning that, you know, if, if we, in our minds, which are incredibly powerful, made up the whole universe of space and time and individuality and, and the whole thought system of sin, guilt, and fear, fear that really, you know, propagated that in the first place. Um, and if, if we made that up, then we can unmake it, you know, and, and, this whole curriculum is basically saying it's just it's just a little tiny toggle switch in the mind we don't like we was talking about earlier so we don't have to reach very far for it it's just always right there um to choose the other thought system and it just takes the most gentle simple quick toggle when when we're ready to do it and and trying to force ourselves to do it of course ball was backfires so but but when we're ready to do it we realize that was easy and then, then the, the gratitude and the grace become really obvious. You know, the, the, the grace is that, that nothing happened and we, we truly can't afford to be grateful and gentle with ourselves at all times. 
And, uh, and then that extends to the entire sonship. And those are the thoughts that we think with God. You know, those are reflections of the, the thoughts we hold with God anyway, right? So, let's see, I think there was, well, there was another, another quote that, that Ken made that I had highlighted in this uh, review four section. Um, I put, you know, putting the ego in perspective here. This is from chapter 18 in the text. Um, and he's talking about, um, well, I'll just read Ken's commentary before that because I think it's good. The ego is as a child flailing a little stick, attempting to stop the inevitability of truth, but with no effect. Or to shift Im images, we're like little mice roaring in a tiny corner of the universe thinking we can affect change or that someone even notices us. And that kind of ties into the, the metaphor I thought of earlier today of the, these little little theaters and these little droplets, you know, that are still part of the ocean, but we, we're, we've dreamt that we're these little droplets and that each, each droplet has its own little theater and we run the movie in our mind of the ego's, <laughs> ego's little movies. And, and, but it hasn't changed the reality of the, the big picture at all. Um, so then he's quoting here from chapter 18 in the text. This fragment of your mind is such a tiny part of it that could you but appreciate the whole, you would see instantly that it is like the smallest sunbeam to the sun or like the faintest ripple on the surface of the ocean. In its amazing arrogance, this tiny sunbeam has decided it is the sun. This almost imperceptible ripple hails itself as the ocean. Yet neither sun nor ocean is even aware of all this strange and meaningless activity. So, <laughs> we, you know, when we can gently laugh at, at the silliness of it, um, you know, it, it becomes obvious. But when we can't or don't seem to want to, um, and I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Judy Sketch's correction for, for Helen Shuckman's comment once where she, she apparently was present when Helen said, um, I, I know it's true, I just don't believe it. That was, that was Helen's comment about the course. And, uh, you know, which basically speaks to the resistance that we all have and we're all working through and we're all helping each other work through, right? Uh, we can afford to be grateful for that. Um, anyway, Judy happened to be there when she uttered that remark and, and uh, in a comment, commentary she had the, a few months ago, she said, uh, um, uh, Helen, I think the, you've got it right except for just one letter. Instead of, uh, I know it's true, I just, I just um, don't believe it. It's, I know it's true. I just won't believe it. <laughs> and there's, there's that little difference, the little difference that, that, that says I'm choosing it moment to moment. Um, years ago, I, and again, if I've said this before, bear with me, but I, I, when, when I was in um, high school, I think it was before, before the course came along, I, I was starting to, you know, get interested in metaphysics and, and there was a phrase that came into my mind and, and so I wrote on computer paper, because that's what I was taking a computer programming class at the time, on those early tractor feed, remember those sheets anyway. And so I printed out in big block letters, I am choosing to feel this way. And I, you know, tacked it up right next to the ceiling. And so every time I look up, I'd see that. And then I found that it was really, really, oh, on, on days where things seemed to be going the way I wanted them to go, I would look at that and say, yeah, that's right. I'm choosing to feel this way and I feel pretty good today. But then when I was in a blue funk or I was upset with someone or myself or just otherwise, you know, the, the world wasn't doing it for me, that's when it really kicked in. And I looked at them and said, 
damn it, that's still true. <laughs> I am choosing to feel this way. <laughs> and, and it suddenly kicked in and I realized, okay, that's where I really need it. And I think that's, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, the courses, metaphysics, and, and Jesus reminds us that, that, you know, it's not about, you know, reinforcing reality. We don't need to do that. That's, that's a done deal. But we do need to undo the blocks of the awareness of love's presence and just notice all the, the, the thousands of little ways that we fight and kick and scream and, and make a fuss uh, that, that we don't deserve peace or that, that uh, it's, it's too hard. Or, uh, and, it, and it is difficult but because, because we've made it incredibly difficult and, and our minds are very powerful. And uh, so again, you know, we can afford to be, be gentle and patient with ourselves. And let's see, what else? Okay, and then I thought maybe we could just read the, the, two, the two lessons that we're reviewing and, uh, and perhaps talk a little bit more about gratitude. So what I, we earlier started to read uh, lesson 123, so I think I'll just read the first paragraph and then we can read that together. Um, 123, I thank my, God, my father for his gifts to me. Today, let us be thankful. We come to gentle, gentler pathways and to smoother roads. There is no thought of turning back and no implacable resistance to the truth. A bit of wavering remains, some small objections and a little hesitance, but you can well be grateful for your gains, which are far greater than you realize. Any comments on that before we go on? Okay. Anybody want to read the second paragraph? Who's up for reading? I'll read it. Okay. A day devoted now to gratitude will add the benefit of some insight into the real extent of all the gains which you have made, the gifts that you have received. Be glad today in loving thankfulness. Your father has not left you to yourself, nor let you wander in the dark alone. Be grateful. He has saved you from the self you thought you made to take the place of him in his creation. Give him thanks today. I love that because mm -hmm. I mean, we have to be grateful that he has saved us from our little itty bitty self <laughs> and <laughs> that we can really start realizing who we truly are, true identity, which is the biggest, the big self. And our ego doesn't want us to know that. It doesn't, you know, the ego is not going to give you any gains in this. The ego is going to just try to keep you from being grateful and to judge you and tell you that you're not doing it fast enough or you better get it done in this lifetime or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the ego doesn't have a mind. Remember, devil shield of the lily, and that was the purpose of it, to make us mindless. Yeah. And it, it seems to be a mind and it is, and I, I like how, how Kim Wapnick points out it's, it's, it's hundred percent consistent. It's just hundred percent insane. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so within the ego thought system, you know, there is a certain kind of bizarre coherence to, to all of its insanity, but it's, but it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just a belief. It's just, it's just a belief. Yeah. But we've had it for so long. I mean, thousands and thousands, of whatever's, and so we, it takes, like um, Dave was saying, it's, it's down there. It's way down there. And that's why 
in our unconscious and that's why the forgiveness is so important because the forgiveness steps are what make us look at it and realize that it's nothing and then be able to offer it up in forgiveness and let the Holy Spirit take it from there in love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyone want to read number three? Uh, yeah, this is Stephen. I want to read that and then I'll okay. have a couple of comments if you don't mind. Uh, give thanks that he has not abandoned you and that his love forever will remain shining on you forever without change. Give thanks as well that you are changeless for the son he loves is changeless as himself. Be grateful you are saved. Be glad you have a function in salvation to fulfill. Be thankful that your value far transcends your meager gifts and petty judgments of the one whom God established as his son. Um, to go back to what you were saying about the ego, yes, uh, the ego is insane. It's 100% hate, but it's also ingenious beyond compare. Uh, you know, it's kind of—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a terrible comparison, but um, most sociopaths are off the scales in terms of uh, of how intelligent they are, um, the way they uh, the way they do things. And I think it's a good example of uh, of the ego. Um, I have the utmost uh, respect for the ego because it's taken me down some uh, some some pretty uh, weary paths. Uh, same thing I want to say is this is one of those lessons that. Uh, Jesus seems to throw in there to keep us from from uh, tossing the book away or throwing it against the wall. Or, you know, like I, I throwing it I, against I, the wall if, if nothing else. Right? Yeah, one of these, one of these, uh, one of the times when I do that yeah, every year, I do the lessons, uh, you know, one through sixty-five on the days. And one of those times, uh, I, I was particularly uh, disturbed or irritated with the world, and you know, probably a few of its people. Uh, and I, so I circled all the positive words and they're like, I, I just count them There's 32, like thankful, grateful, gratitude, bless. Uh, what else? There's a couple others in here, but it, it's over and over and over. He's pounding the point home. And really for me, all he has to say right here is it's going to be okay. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing that, that comes to mind when I think of gratitude is, is how it's, the, the course's version of gratitude is a pure non-dual gratitude. It, it's basically grateful for the awareness that we have a decision maker that can choose against the ego. And that's really all it comes down to, isn't it? I mean, because if, if that's really all that's necessary, then the gratitude then encompasses everything that's needed. Um, and and it, it's, it's so easy to get into a comparative gratitude thing of thinking that, that, uh, well, I'm grateful that, you know, this didn't happen to me or, <laughs> or that I would manage to avoid that or, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just basically that just doesn't really get us anywhere. I mean, that's, that's basically staying, you know, trying, trying to make the dream work for us. Um, but the yeah, real well, gratitude is, is you know, knowing that we have a choice that, that um, we can, we can actually return our mind to the place where, it's it's not dependent on anything happening or not happening. Can you say something, yeah, well, Steve? Yeah, uh, that, and then I'm going to bow out. Uh, one of the things about the uh, the ego that I, that that just terrifies me, and 
it's uh, the other the other thing about it is it's, it's gone on for seemingly so long. I mean, I know it never happened and all, but uh, it, you know, it, uh, the ego was happened uh, in a, it's an idea of son of God and in the power of of all the power that God has. This idea came about. Um, so for me, when I look at that and I think about, okay, let's get a celestial speed up going here. Uh, I, I, I get, I, I get wary of, I know it says in, in the course over and over, and I know that none of this ever happened and, and we cannot fail and everything's cool. And this, <laughs> this lesson keeps telling us over and over, it's going to be okay. It, it's, it's just, I keep, uh, ego is, is so insidious in the way it comes at me on a regular basis and says, nah, you ain't going nowhere. Anyway, thank you. Yeah, and, and I think Holy Spirit's rebuttal is always something along the lines of, you know, the ego may be foolproof, but it's not God-proof. And, and because we have Holy Spirit, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that's, that's the, the, you know, the ace that uh, Holy Spirit always has in its deck to, to, to pardon the expression, trump any, any uh, inner political struggles we might be having with uh, any dream figures in the world that uh, <laughs> we may have issues with. So, uh, you know, it's, it's always just a matter of just, you know, remembering to, to trust that and being patient with ourselves. Any, anybody else for the next, uh, next paragraph? Or comments on this so far? Uh, I'll take four. Okay. Today in gratitude, we lift our hearts above despair and raise our thankful eyes, no longer looking forward downward to the dust. We sing the song of thankfulness today in honor of the self that God has willed to be our true identity in him. Today we smile on everyone we see and walk with lightened footsteps as we go to do what is appointed us to do. It reminds me of uh, the, in the, when we face the fourth obstacle to peace, after we've gone through attraction to death and attraction to guilt and attraction to um, all this stu negative stuff, we're attracted to despair. <laughs> we're attracted to death. We're attracted to not being thankful. Damn it, I'm not thankful. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> I mean, so, and then, and then he says, lift the veil. Lift, stop looking down at the ground <laughs> and raise your eyes up. Lift, lift your heart above the despair that you're still insisting is real. So, I mean, you know, in the first paragraph, I mean, this is all pep talky stuff, but in the first paragraph, he says, look back where you were at a year ago. You're a whole lot better than you were then. <laughs> I mean, you've come a long way, you know, like fess up here. <laughs> look where you were at five years ago. <laughs> look, look back before the course when you were still blaming everybody for everything. <laughs> oh, for no, sure. For sure. No responsibility at all. So, I mean, we've come a long way and then, and then, you know, be glad that that's the case. You know, you don't walk around, oh, I'm still a miserable course student. <laughs> I mean, this is actually working for God's sake. <laughs> it really, it really is. Yeah. I, I, I think that's really helpful perspective, Tim, because, because when we, you know, look, look back, I mean, sometimes, you know, even just, just, uh, you know, like you say, two or three years and we look like, wow, I'm actually a whole lot peaceful than I was at that point. And, and then, you know, you go back a few decades, it's like, you know, you, you don't even want to imagine what 
your life would have been, been like had you not <laughs> followed the prompting of the Holy Spirit to, to that degree, right? Yeah. So, yeah, a lot more peaceful. Thank you. Uh, number five, anyone? I'll take five. Okay. We do not go alone, and we give thanks that in our solitude, a friend has come to speak the saving word of God to us. And thanks to you for listening to him. His word is soundless if it be not heard. And thanking him, the thanks are yours as well. An unheard message will not save the world. However, however mighty be the voice that speaks, however loving may the message be. And Foster and reflections on that? Oh, once again, just, just a, a very comforting um, kind of a um, pep talk. Um, it's um, the, the thing about when, when spirit talks to your or speaks to your, your, you know, your inner self, there's a, um, there's a sense of comfort that just transcends any kind of relative comfort that you could get, you know, any other way. It's, it's, it's a reassurance that you're, uh, you're not alone and um, that everything is fine, uh, that um, you're way more than you thought you, that, that you are, that you were, and um, well, because you're holy. And that's, you're not going to hear anything tell you that you're holy in this world. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and that and that holiness is is total inclusion. And we still didn't even know yeah. what that means, but but we we have you know glimpses of it now and then, and when we you know participate in shared interest and and uh, you know allow things to f flow through us and realize it's it's not coming from us at all. It's 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 a through thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. When when I said <clears throat> that that uh, the uh, the Holy Spirit tells us that we're holy, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't talking about, um, you know, well, Dave, you're, you're a holy Dave. That's not, you know, right. right yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if anything tells me I'm a holy Dave, I know it's the ego. So <laughs> I'm not listening. Uh -huh. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you for this. <laughs> How about number six? I'll read it. Okay. Thanks be to you who heard, for you become the messenger who brings his voice with you and lets it echo round and round the world. Receive the thanks of God today as you give thanks to him, for he would offer you the thanks you give since he receives your gifts in loving gratitude and gives them back a thousand and a hundred thousand more than they were given. He will bless your gifts by sharing them with you. And so they grow in power and in strength until they fill the world with gladness and gratitude. That's pretty powerful words. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the magnitude of a thousand and a hundred thousand. You know, I, I think, you know, we, we, it, the course reaches us where we think we're at. So we, we like big numbers, but it's, it, you know, what, what he's, what's, really beyond all that is, is a pure non-dual awareness that we're being drawn to from 
an understanding that we, you know, we don't even know what it is, but we, we <laughs> are being drawn to it. And, and um, you know, I, I think when, when we read passages in the course or, or have moments of inspiration, it's like, we know that there's something to it. Otherwise we wouldn't keep, keep at it. You know, there's some, there's something that can, keeps pulling us uh, inexorably uh, forward to that place yeah, in our mind. I see that as, as we accept our gifts that he gives us, he just keeps adding to it and it just increases. It keeps doubling, tripling. It goes on and on and on forever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sometimes think about, you know, the, the multitudes of people on the planet, you know, there's what, seven plus billion. And, and that's just, you know, the tiniest drop in the cosmos. And yet, and yet what we really are, not who, but what we really are, is so far beyond that. We, I mean, it's just, it's just mind-blowingly staggering to even start to contemplate it. <laughs> but, but that's that's the the peace and the serenity and the you know the joyousness that all that the good stuff above the line in Ken's chart that that <laughs> you know we just get little reflections of glimpses of now and then you know. But I think I think we do need these pep talks now and then to just kind of remind us, like you know, when things are a little challenging, it's like you know where we're headed is really just awesome, <laughs> truly. <laughs> yeah. How about the next one, number seven? Any volunteers for that one? Yeah, Bruce, I'll read. Okay, thanks, Jim. Receive his, receive his thanks and offer yours to him for 15 minutes twice today. And you will realize to whom you offer thanks and whom he thanks as you are thanking him. This holy half an hour given him will be returned to you in terms of years for every second. Power to save the world eons more quickly for your thanks to him. So it's kind of cosmic in terms of time, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Again, it was, it was a level one, level two, you know, statements with time, but that's, we get that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, you can't read this lesson and not kind of help it glow. I don't know. You'd have to be in a pretty bad funk. You know, if, if, if you couldn't just read this and just feel hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if we don't know what eternity really is all about, there's there's a, a calling from within it that we all resonate with some somehow. There was a there's a story where um, after Helen started taking down the course, um, Jesus uh, sort of turned to her and said, um, "Thanks for doing it this time." <laughs> Meaning there were other times, probably previous lifetimes, where she was asked to do something like this and and uh she chose not to <laughs> but there was this real visceral feeling of uh jesus thanking her for actually being willing to do it and and, and stepping up to the plate and i i think that that experience is something we can allow to happen to us 
that we stepped up to the plate, finally. <laughs> we opened the course. We didn't close it and throw it away for the 50th time. <laughs> I right. mean, we actually show, show up and, and we attempt to do what he's saying. And if we're really listening, I think it's a real experience for to receive his thanks for doing it. And it, it's, not, it's not something made up. I mean, I remember the first time we, we allowed ourselves as a community to, to feel his thanks, and it was... It was pretty powerful. And, you know, it's, it's what he's saying here. We thank him, but he thanks us. And it, it's a real receiving, getting, giving, getting thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as you were sharing that, Tim, I was, I was thinking that kind of that ties into, uh, um, where is it, in paragraph five, there. In, uh, an unheard message will not save the world, however mighty be the voice that speaks, however loving may the message be. So, so but we're hearing the voice, you know, and we're, we, we are just the very, the fact that we're pursuing and continuing the practice of the course and, you know, however erratically or, or inconsistently, but we're moving forward, you know, and, and, and eventually we will generalize and um, get enough traction to where, um, well, I think we're all, he, he already mentioned that, you know, we're, we're not turning back at this point. We kind of know too much. <laughs> we've seen, we've seen, an, seen too much of the, the, the ego's insanity to, to want to, you know, put all of our eggs in that basket. So now we're, we're still, you know, we still have a few investments, but they're nothing uh, that can't be transferred. And so anyone for the next paragraph? Okay. Thanks, Jane. Receive his thanks, and you will understand how lovingly he holds you in his mind, how deep and limitless his care for you, how perfect is his gratitude to you. Remember hourly to think of him and give him thanks for everything he gave his son, and that he may that he may rise above the world, remembering his father and his self. Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. So um, I thought it might also be good to, to read a little bit of uh, Lesson 197, which t ties into the gratitude as well. Um, if anyone wants to flip to that, read along. Uh, I'll read the first paragraph. This is... Uh, Lesson 197, it can be, but my gratitude I earn. And he begins, here's the second step we take to free your mind from the belief in outside force pitted against your own. You make attempts at kindness and forgiveness, yet you turn them to attack again, unless you find external gratitude and lavish thanks. And there's that, you know, the ego has a, a, a distorted version of everything. And it's always, you know, some comparative thing or something based on something happening or not happening in the world. You know, the gratitude to destroy, I guess you could say. <laughs> it sounds kind of kind of bizarre, but but you know, that would be how ego uses everything in a in a you know ridiculous, insane way. So I'll read that again. Uh, you make attempts at kindness and forgiveness. You turn them to attack again, unless you find external gratitude and lavish thanks. So that's another reminder. It's like 
you know, the, the, re, the feedback that we, we get may or may not be immediately just exactly what we think is supposed to happen, but there will be an inner resonance and an inner um, awareness that if we're choosing the right teacher, we're going to be at peace and what's happening or not happening is not going to be a big deal. You know, we, we may still have reactions to things going on, but, but there'll be a, a, a growing steadfastness of, of peace that, um, you know, carries us through. And, and then, then we discover that, you know, oftentimes things do <laughs> in reflection become uh, more copacetic, right? <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then he says, your gifts must be received with honor, lest they be withdrawn. And we're making ourselves dependent on the dream again. And so you think God's gifts are loans at best, at worst, deceptions which would cheat you of defenses to ensure that when he strikes, he will not fail to kill. <laughs> Ooh. And there's you know, kind of talking to, about, uh, like what Stephen was talking about earlier, that the, the craziness and the, the Machiavellian brilliance of the ego to, to convince us that the world is out to get us. And, uh, and on the level of form, yeah, but, <laughs> but that doesn't change the truth of what we are, right? <laughs> so so he, he continues in the second paragraph, how easily are God and guilt confused by those who know not what their thoughts can do? Deny your strength and weakness must become salvation to you. See yourself as bound and bars become your home. Nor will you leave the prison house or claim your strength until guilt and salvation are not seen as one and freedom and salvation are perceived as joined with strength beside them to be sought and claimed and found and fully recognized. Yeah, there's a metaphor that I really like. It's, it's sort of like bricks. Every thought is sort of like a little brick that's either building the, the classroom of the Holy Spirit or ego's prison. And moment to moment, we're, we're taking bricks that are coming down the assembly line of the mind, all the experiences of the world, and we're either putting them into ego's prison or Holy Spirit's classroom. I was just realizing how um, opposite guilt and gratitude are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if I see you as guilty, I'm not really grateful for you. <laughs> no. If I think you did something to me, I'm not feeling real good about you right now. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the opposite, I mean, not the opposite, but if it's me, if I feel guilty, well, I'm not feeling real grateful right now. I'm, I'm probably going to be punished. Yeah. God and guilt and, you know, that's what he says, God and guilt are synonymous. I will be punished for my guilt yeah, if I well, feel the guilty. E the ego's God is synonymous with guilt, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of hard to be grateful to God if he's going to punish me for something I'm, I did <laughs> or didn't do. For sure, for sure. Anyone want to read the third paragraph? Anybody on 197? Bruce, I, I have a question actually about sure, the sure. second paragraph. So the first uh -huh. sentence, how easily are God and guilt confused by those who uh, know not what their thoughts can do? What is this saying thoughts can do exactly? Well, our thoughts made up a whole universe. And so, you know, we, we made uh, an entire universe to 
reinforce the thought system of guilt as an attack on God, but the Holy Spirit can turn that around and, and use every single thing that seems to happen to us as a way to get back to the mind. So I guess that, does that help? Because we, we, don't, we don't realize what our thoughts are doing um, mo most of the time, right? I get, how does it um, differentiate between God and guilt, I guess? How does it solve the God versus guilt problem? Well, I, I would think that it's really just moment to moment, noticing how you feel. If you're at peace, um, you're choosing uh, guilt, or you're, you're not choosing guilt. And if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if, if one one or the other, right? Moment to moment, we're either feeling peace uh, or or not, and that determines which thought system. And we try to complicate the hell out of it all the time, because that's ego strategy. That's that's part of the this Machiavellian brilliance that Stephen was alluding to, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant mind, but the Holy Spirit's mind is equally brilliant, but it's sane. <laughs> I think we need to remember that the, the sanity and the brilliance of, of the, it's not, it's not clever because it's simple. I mean, that's, it doesn't have to be clever. It's just, it's just really simple and just says, okay. Um, the, the entire entire universe really can be looked at with with a different thought system and uh, it's really simple I just have to remember everything's either an expression of love or a call for love and and no matter what my response is to come from a loving kindness place and to notice when I'm not that that I must have chosen wrongly if I'm not at peace what does that, I does that help what I kind of get from this is that <clears throat> Uh, it, it's alluding to the the idea that if you don't know what your thoughts can do, then you're feeling powerless. Mm -hmm. And um, it, powerless is is certainly the realm of the ego. But it, if we recognize our power, um, if if we recognize that our thoughts are powerful, then we're well. Then we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us use that power correctly. And choose choose correctly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that <clears throat> when it says here, how easily are, are God and guilt confused by those who do not, uh, who know not what their thoughts can do. I, that just strikes me as well. If you're in that place, then you're feeling powerless. If yeah. you don't know what your thoughts can do, so right. I, I, it's not like I have a complete thought there, but. <laughs> anyway. No, that, that I think that's really helpful because because you know if we if we if we think that we're powerless. And we feel with the, with the mercy of the world, for example, and, and it's a pretty common everyday, you know, one variation of that or another that the ego is bread and butter, right? Um, then that's basically, um, you know, a whole general class of resistance of, of recognizing that we do have the, the opportunity and the power to choose against the ego, to do the not know that the Course suggests. And... Uh, and I can see peace instead of this. Yeah. I think another way, well, at least in terms of the chart, um, denying your strength, deny your strength and weakness must become salvation to you. So we deny, we, we even have a decision maker. That's right. where the strength is. Exactly. And we, and the strength can be applied to the ego. And then, and then that thought of choosing ego to reinforce that we make up the whole story of that we sin, that we're guilty. And, and, the, the amazing thing, we make God the heavy, 
we say, yeah, God's as crazy as we are, and he believes we did it. <laughs> so f- suddenly, you know, we made up our own God to go along with our own religion of separation. And, and then we're really off and running. And all that was the power of our decision maker just to make up something silly and worse, believe it. Exactly. <laughs> that was the real clincher. <laughs> we, we actually got ourselves to believe it. Sort of temporarily. <laughs> yeah, and take yeah. it seriously. Yeah. As you're saying that, Tim, I was thinking the, the, the absurdity. And um, earlier today, we were reading about, you know, reason and, the, and uh, the, the course's version of reason. I was thinking, you know, that um, it, it's, it's not reasonable in truth to think that we have the power uh, to make up a God that's small enough to throw under the bus, you know, <laughs> but we believe we did. <laughs> we, we think that as egos, we think our God is small enough that we can, we can reach over and, and, you know, push him out of the, 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 uh, the other seat in the, in the moving vehicle and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and drive back and forth and demolish that, 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 that perfect oneness, you know, it's like, how is that possible? Well, we, we think we pulled it off on some bizarre level, huh? The perfect oneness, you know, just smiles and nothing happened here. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about if I close with um, the last paragraph here? We'll just make that a little meditation. Any other comments before we do? Thoughts? Okay. So... Lesson 187, paragraph 9. Give thanks as you receive it. Be you free of all ingratitude to anyone who makes yourself complete. And from this self is no one left outside. Give thanks for all the countless channels which extend this self. All that you do is given unto him. All that you think can only be his thoughts along with him, the holy thoughts of God. Earn now the gratitude you have denied yourself when you forgot the function God has given you. But never think he has ever ceased to offer thanks to you. gently stay in gratitude. <laughs> I, I, I was reflecting on that last part of that, uh, Tim, your, your comment about how, you know, the gratitude that, that comes back to us, the thanks from Holy Spirit. It was just, I was really feeling that because, you know, it, we, we never have, uh, there's never been a moment where that, that thanks has been, uh, hasn't been available. And it's been offered to us throughout eternity. And we're just now, you know, getting a little bit better at remembering that. And, uh, and we have some, uh, it's, it's going to be fun to see where, where, where that goes, huh? <laughs> How that uh, becomes more and more our reality. I wanted to uh, take a moment to apologize to everybody. I set my phone to wake up and my phone died. <laughs> and so I didn't wake up. I woke up at like nine after five and I'm like looking at the people on the screen going, who are all these people? 
what what is going on here? <laughs> so so Tim, the, the reality has continued unabated while we dream, right? And and you were saying something like don't don't sweat anything. <laughs> I was trying to incorporate that into the sweating I was doing. <laughs> so yeah, and and just keep in mind, folks, that uh, we're on we're on Mountain Time when when the times are listed. So tomorrow at five o'clock there'll be a meeting on Saturday. But if you're on if you're on the East Coast, <laughs> it'll be seven o'clock, right. and if you're on the West Coast, it'll be four o'clock. So it's hard to keep track of that sometimes. <laughs> I just put it on my calendar. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Bruce. Very Thank good. you. Thank, Thank you all. You. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Have Bruce. a great weekend. All right. Thank you, Bruce. Great.